The Burroughs of Berea is a conversational podcast. We study the Bible and we talk about it. Not all of us are of the same faith, and one of us doesn't actually have a faith. And that's wonderful. We all love one another, and we're going to continue to talk about these things. The things we believe in and the things we believe about what we read in the Bible. Not all of these are necessarily true. Some of it is opinion and speculation. Thank you for listening and speculating with us. There you go. That was good. Yes. Oops, oops, oops. <laughs> you are listening to the Burrows of Berea. Side Studies. Well, welcome back to the Burrows of Berea. I am Rick Welch, and to my left is Rick, the Rickety Carter. Yeah. <laughs> Behind the glass is Rocketman Andy Bishop. And to my right is Sarita, the Edge Edgerton. I'm living on the edge. Oh, yeah. You know, we don't have uh, the other Burrows in the studio because th- this is a special recording. Uh, I am leading a side study. I haven't done that Holy in a while. Holy moly. Holy mackerel, Andy. It's been a while. Everybody has- else has been leading these side studies, which I think is awesome that we have so many people that are willing to bring studies to the table and talk about it and, and take the lead, which is, uh, I love that. I do. But uh, this one is one that's near and dear to my heart. And I want to go through some stuff today. I didn't prepare any notes. I'm just having an outline. Oh, wow. I'm going old school. Kicking Ooh. it old school. This is the way we used to You're do it. You're good at it, though. Nice. Before, well, you can, you can, with the less people, you could be more flexible, that's, too. That's kind of what I had in my mind. That's why I'm doing that one today. And so, um, the topic of our discussion today is, what is the Garden of Eden exactly? Ooh. So, yeah. So, let's start. Andy, what is the Garden of Eden? What do you know about it? Uh, I know that it was, they assume it was uh, a place in the Fertile Crescent probably, right? Or that's the thinking, is that it probably describes an area in the Fertile Crescent. That's all I could even say. I mean, it's, you know, it's where Adam walked with, uh, lived and walked with God, air quotes with, uh, and uh, Eve, and they were, of course, cast out. You've probably heard the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have, um, <laughs> I've heard it. <laughs> no, Even Andy's heard it. Yeah, yeah. I've heard. So yeah, I, I guess that's it. There you go. That's that's what I know. Yeah. How about you, Sarita? What all, what, what do you know about the Garden of Eden? Is that where Eden grows her tomatoes? That's right. That's where they're at. Um. Well, I mean, Andy did pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were expelled, and there were uh, beings, angelic beings, who were put as guards with swords and things and flaming things and all kinds of things so nobody could get back in and we are not to know and by flaming things we don't mean it in a modern sense but we did just do that one I do like my kids like the flaming hot Cheetos Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. no the Lord did not make old people to eat those things (laughs) yeah Um, but there were there were apparently all kinds of greenery and plants and flowers and and stuff, and then there were two trees, mm-hmm. the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. One they could eat from anything, and the other one they were not supposed to touch. And then, of course, since they were told not to, they did. Mm-hmm. And with a little manipulation, they were manipulated. Um, I do know that Satan had access to the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he also has access to the throne room, uh, or I did. Um, so, yeah, that's... That's cool. about it. How about you, Rick? Anything you want to add to that? Well, it was a very special place. Um, Sarita brought in the the plant and vegetation. It was a place that didn't didn't need any attention 
from outside. I always view it as like kind of in rows. <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of do too. Yeah, like, like an a, apple orchard, exactly. but not just all apples. But uh, yeah. Yeah, and and that that you know, it was nothing that needed any tending to, no farming was needed, no watering, nothing. It everything provided amongst itself, mm-hmm. and it was. Uh, and I, I don't want to steal anything away. You're from not stealing a thing. That <clears throat> it was it was something that was created after man was created. Mm-hmm. So after the man, after yeah. the man was created. Mm-hmm. It was it was a garden that was planted in the east, and then Adam was put in it. Yes, and it, apparently this garden, with having a cherubim, there was a way in. There's a way out of it. There may be some based on the context. There may be some type of border, some type of way to seclude it. But within that particular area, it was literally. I almost think about it if if you're a Star Trek fan, and in the second movie. They have the the Genesis Project, and inside the place that they started the project, there was a cave, a cavern, and it was, in essence, they they depicted the best of what they thought at the time. It was Eden. It was, you know, water flowing, uh, vegetation growing, but outside of that area, it was desolation. It was just nothing. Mm -hmm. It was basically the surface of the moon, but inside that cave, everything was there. Yeah. So can I just get your imagination here for a second? Because God is um, awesome, and He's so creative. Can you imagine, like Andy was saying, there rows? I just see it in kind of rows. Or can you imagine though? Because I lived between two apple orchards when I lived here in Hendersonville. Mm-hmm. I loved that. But can you imagine, like maybe the trees grew all the fruits on one tree, and you could just go and you could have a fruit salad have you, on the tree. Have you seen those uh, those spliced, is it splicing? What do they call when they put a branch in a tree? Grafting. 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 Have you seen those grafted trees that have a bunch of different fruits? Like, no. like They're amazing. Really? That's the thing people it. do. You can, of course, you can graft a bunch of different, as long as it has to be a tree, uh, a bunch of different fruits onto a single fruit tree, and you have to know what you're doing. Like, this is not like, but a God knew what He was doing. Well, can you but, imagine? But, that would be awesome. But a man now, can do that. Oh, I'm going to have to Google they're that. Amazing. Now wait a minute. Wow. Yes. So if you graft an apple limb to an orange, like a tree, pear tree, yeah, it would grow. I don't know how much different well, they're allowed to be before it doesn't work, but you could definitely do like apples and pears. But there's there's trees that some people have made. Yeah, that have like a bunch oranges. Of like you probably on. could do a citrus fruit, like oranges and lemons. I've seen. You know. I've, I'm pictures. I've yeah. not walked. I've seen pictures of ones that were just works of art. I think in my mind, it like in us, and I think that the core of us is our soul, and that at the core of a play, be a plant is its essence. That it's a that it would be amazing that that it could be grafted on. Now, I understand the biblical context. Jesus talks about that grafting on that he's the gardener. And the the father cuts off you know bad limbs and or he can, you can be grafted back on. Yeah. But the fact that it would grow that way it's it's a, so I love the science behind that and how it, that part of the tree could still grow something different outside of being a part of a different tree. Yeah, I mean think about. You know, when God made the vegetation, according to Genesis, He made each plant and uh, with its own seed after its own kind. Yes. You get all the way to the end of Revelation, and you hear about a tree that has multiple fruits on it—twelve, to be exact. 
right? So, you know, maybe somebody that's figured a, that, that out. A that's long showing. Time ago. It's showing about grafting uh, when God grafts all of us together. But anyway, cool. So I thought I would do something kind of fun. Just to start off, I'm going to read some quotes from just random people in regard to the Garden of Eden. Does anybody know who Chuck Palahniuk is? Oh, yeah. He's one of my favorite authors. Great he wrote author. um, Fight Club. Um, yeah, Choke. We don't Take talk about Me, that. Choke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Snuff. I'll, he wrote a lot. He's one of my favorite authors. Um, if you like reading, just like for guilty reading and just Fight Club, honestly, if you've never seen the movie or, you know. Uh, it's one of the few books slash movie things ever where— there is actually very little difference between That's the movie exactly and the book. The, what I was the movie say. Yep. does a is an excellent. There's like a couple lines changed, and like that's that's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's a very good tree. So, and you might like this quote, uh, Andy. It says, "Did perpe-, this is Chuck Palahniuk? He says, did perpetual happiness in the Garden of Eden maybe get so boring that eating the apple was justified? <laughs> we <laughs> talked about that in here. You know, we've yeah. talked about that in here." And there's no um, such thing as an original thought, I think. That, I know, yeah. you're right, yeah. Here's something Mark Twain says. Adam was not alone in the Garden of Eden, however, and does not deserve all the credit, much is due to Eve, the first woman, and Satan, the first consultant. <laughs> <laughs> first consultant. The first consultant. I God, love Mark that. Mark Twain was funny. He was. Um, Jerry Falwell. Temptation has been here ever since the Garden of Eden. Um, this is, uh, A.W. Tozer, whoops, I just went too far. A.W. Tozer, you guys, if you're not familiar with him, Christian author. Um, whenever you see confusion, you can be sure that something is wrong. Disorder in the world implies that something is out of place. Usually at the heart of all disorder, you will find man in rebellion against God. It began in the Garden of Eden and continues to this day. And then my last one is uh, Kirk Cameron. He said, God is a God who has not given up on his people. If he wanted to give up, he would have given up back in the Garden of Eden. I like that quote. I thought that was pretty cool for old Kirk. He's so dreamy. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, whatever. So dreamy. He's so hot. He's so so hot. So hot. Even now. (laughs) All this is just making me think about how I probably need to put an air conditioner in my bedroom window. That's immediately where <laughs> that's my what head That's where your mind's at, yeah. Immediately. That's where right. you do your best dreaming. Yeah. <clears throat> so in Abrahamic religions, the Garden of Eden, or also known as the Garden of God, or also called the terrestrial paradise, is the biblical paradise described in Genesis 2 and 3, and in Ezekiel 28 and 31. The location of Eden is described in the book of Genesis as the source of four tributaries. Various suggestions have been made for its location, and... Uh, one being at the head of the Persian Gulf and southern Mesopotamia, now Iraq, where the Tigris and Euphrates rivers run into the sea, and in Armenia. Like the Genesis flood narrative, the Genesis creation narrative, and the account of the Tower of Babel, the story of Eden echoes the Mesopotamian myth of a king. I don't know if you know that, but there's there's an early story, an early Mesopotamian story, a Sumerian story, that echoes this myth of a king, all right? So this was written prior to Genesis. Uh, this mythical king as a primordial man who is placed in a divine garden to guard the tree of life. The Hebrew Bible depicts Adam and Eve as walking around the Garden of Eden naked due to their sinlessness. Mentions of Eden are also made in the Bible elsewhere in Genesis. Also in Isaiah 51.3, which we will read these later, Ezekiel 36.35, Joel 2.3, Zechariah 14, and Ezekiel 47 use this paradisical 
or paradisical, how do you say it? Paradisical imagery without naming Eden. The name Eden derives from Akkadian, the word Edenu, from a Sumerian word Eden, meaning plain or step, closely related to an Aramaic root word meaning fruitful or well-watered. Another interpretation associates the name with a word for pleasure. And Rick, you and I talked about this the Just other day. Did. Yep, sure did. We came up, we read about, where were we reading? And we saw Aiden. Where was that? I can't remember. Well, I wish I had written it it's down. A, it's a Hebrew month or something, yeah, isn't it, it? No, it was. That's Adar. Man, we were Adar. in one of our deep discussions. Yeah, we were just talking. It's a Hebrew and, word. Of some, It means something, and I don't know what it means. Yeah, like I pulled out my Strong's Concordance, and I was like, I wonder yes. what that root is. And it was like, oh, it's Eden. What? It's, a, it's a, Yeah. Yes. And it said pleasure whenever it gave the description from there. Wh- Moses, the, Sarah. No, Abraham and Sarah. Which oh. she, was, she was talking about, um, shall I have pleasure again? Yes. Yeah, that's right, because we were, yes. we were wondering if they were talking about sex. Like, yes. is she saying, I thought I'm that's so old, Don't talk really, about sex entirely Don't talk too about much. sex, baby. But anyway, if you take, if you take what You get he, that, Serena? That's the whole idea, was that when she said, do I have pleasure again, which I went back I and to, I did some research. I meant to say Tiziana in that moment, because she was singing that earlier. You two were singing that earlier. Oh, yeah, you were. So anyway, the... Uh, the idea was that Sarah was like, shall I have pleasure again? Turns out it's cultural, and she's talking about being able to have the pleasure of knowing she's having a family versus physical pleasure like sex. Now, whatever. Interpretations, man. It is. It's huge. That is an interpretation. I guess if you wanted to, you could say she liked to get down. Translations, right? I meant to There's nothing wrong with that. Get down. There's not. Down, There's not. Down. All right. So, the name with a Hebrew word for pleasure, thus the Vulgate reads... Paradisum voluptatus, like voluptuous. Mm. And the Douay Reims Bible following has the word, the wording, and the Lord God had planted a paradise of pleasure. Interesting. For some Christians, especially is in the Orthodox. The, is that the same concordance, Strong's concordance word? Nah, this is from the Douay Reims Bible. Okay. That's what they just said, and the Lord God had planted a paradise of pleasure. For some Christians, especially in the Orthodox tradition, Eden is considered a reality outside of empirical history that affects the entire history of the universe, as seen in the idea of an atemporal fall. That separates humanity's current reduced form of time from the divine life enjoyed in uh, in Eden. So there you go. That's the baseline description of Eden coming from a scientific point of view or just from a, you know, really about a language point of view. So... Something that I wanted to bring up is that the Garden of Eden, we can read it as if it was a literal physical place, and most Christians do. And then there are other Christians that look at it as more of a philosophical idea, that it is a place that is close to God, that is more on his plane than it is with the other men or women. Now, if you don't think that other men or women were around, that's fine too. We can just say that the first two, male and female, were with God there. But I want to pull out some stuff, all right? We've talked about Adam. Um, I've been talking to several people. I've been, I wrote a paper, I sent it out. I've been uh, asking questions in regard to my hypothesis on the third day man, you know, the day three man, which we are going to go get into just briefly. Um, I'm just going to remind you guys what I'm trying to say. Uh, Sarita, are you familiar with what I'm talking about? The day three man? Uh, we talked a little bit about it in his last 
in his how old is Adam? Yeah. Yeah, we did. So I'm not seeing this alleged paper you talked about. Would you guys like to read my paper? I'll send the paper out to you. How about that? I'll send it to you via email. I might even put it on my Patreon page. Not that people want to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. We all know in Genesis 1 that there is a six-day creation. We all know the or the order of them. If you don't, go read Genesis 1. But what we do understand is that on day three, God brings the land. He, he separates the waters and brings up the land, the dry ground, it says. And... At that point, then he begins to make the plants, okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read that. So on day three, it says, Then God said, Let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit according to their kind, with seed in them, and it was so. The earth produced vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them according to their kind, and God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning a third day. Sarita, can I ask you a question? Okay. In verse 11. Better than anybody I know. (laughs) Then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees on the earth, bearing fruit according to their kind with seed in them. And it was so. What does and it was so mean? That's a definition of is sort of question. (laughs) Exactly. And it was so. No, from a Christian. Because I said so. Huh? Is it re- is that kind of referring to that discussion we just we, on a previous recording? No, I just made a callback. No, no, no. But it was yeah, not that was what a he callback. Was, I'd made a callback. That's not what he was getting at. No. Um, when I say and it was so, I'm not doing that. One was a John three sixteen reference. Yes. When we do and it was so, what does it mean as a Christian when you read that? When it says and God said, and then all of the things happened and it was so. Period. Exactly. Period. Yeah. With the T on it. Thank you, by the way. Um, You're getting a lot of use out of that. I love it. Holderness video. They're really funny. They're great. They're hysterical. They really are funny. So, in other words, if the plants... They just released one on being an introvert in public. Yeah. I'm not an introvert, but I got a kick out of it. Oh, Oh, my gosh. It was so funny. (laughs) So, if we see that the plants were made on day three, okay, and it was so, Christians will look at that and they will say... It happened. Right. When it says, and it was so, we take it so literally that it happened. That's what we say. Take it to the bank. Lock it down. It's done. It happened. Okay? okay. So if you're the kind of person that believes this is God's word and that if it says, and it was so, it was so, that's awesome. Let's move to Genesis chapter two. All right? So I'm going to start with verse one. And this is leading up to our Garden of Eden. I just want everybody to see where I'm coming from and why. And so the heavens and the earth were completed and all their heavenly lights By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because on it he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. So we know that in Genesis 1, that it says, let us make man in our image, male Mm -hmm. and female, he created them. So we believe and always have that man was made on the sixth day. I understand that. I'm not ignorant of the reality of that. So, but in verse four, chapter two, it says this, listen close. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven. 
Now, follow this. No shrub of the field was yet on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground. What day would that be? What day would it be? Sunday? Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. If you think about it, he's saying no shrub of the earth and no plant. All right, when was vegetation created? Day three. three. Day three. And it was so, period. Yes. So, if somebody wants to say something different to me, then you're going to have to bring out the Hebrew, and you're going to have to completely rewrite your English for me to see it any differently. I cannot unsee what I'm seeing here. That is either possibly the end of day two or the start of day three. How would you say that? Vegetation ends begins on day three. It does, but it said there at this time, there's nothing there. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, there's no shrub of the field there's, was yet on the earth and no plant of the field, right. So it's, either at, sprouted. The, it's either at the end of day two or it's at the beginning of day three. Right. Before anything else happens. Right. I think that it's day three. The reason why is because they hadn't yet sprouted. That doesn't mean they weren't planted. But whatever. I get you. I'm with you on that. All right. So at this point, we know in day three, right? Day Mm -hmm. three is when the plants happen. So in my opinion, this is, even though chapter one and chapter two, and people say they're in at different times and all this, do whatever you want. They compiled this and they put it into a single narrative. I'm reading it in English, which is the only way that I know how to, as an American— how to read this book. Right. So they give me this book and say, this is God's word. Great. This is what it says to me. Okay. Now, now we're going to start seeing something. Number six, uh, verse six, but a mist used to rise from the earth uh, and water the whole surface of the ground. Uh, Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living person. So here we are. He's saying right here, that he formed the man of the dust to the ground. That is day three. The time indicator is the plant. That's day three. Now, mm-hmm. yep. so if you look at that, it says that God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living person. And the very next verse is, the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden and there he placed the man whom he had formed. So it is my idea or thought that Eden was actually created on day three. He planted the garden on day three. Yeah. Could I be wrong? Mm-hmm. Possibly. I could be. I don't think that I am. So, he plants it east in Eden, and he places the man in that place where he formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God caused every tree to grow that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. Catch that? He plants the garden eastward mm-hmm. in Eden, and then out of the ground comes the, the trees, trees. Trees. The vegetation, the plants, the trees. Yes. All of the stuff that he describes on day three. So, mm. when he make, so either A— Dr. Sam Frost told me that, no, no, this is a special creation. This is a unique creation. This is where the Garden of Eden is. I disagree, Dr. Frost, mm. and I'll show you why. You guys will all get to meet him. So so his argument is that those things may have already existed, but in this case, he's referring specifically to creating them yes. in the Garden? They see that the Garden of Eden is a special creation place. Okay. And that's and, yeah, that's and I understand. And there's a reason why I think that they do it, and I get it. But I disagree, and I and I'll tell you why here in a moment. So, right now is where we learn this. Out of the ground, the Lord God caused every tree to grow that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which is what Sarita said. That's where this was. It happens in Eden. Now, for the sake of it, I'm not going to read about the rivers, okay? Not because I can't, just because I'm going to try to save some time. It does tell you that the name of the third river is Tigris. It flows east of Assyria, 
and the fourth river is the Euphrates. Uh, the second one is called Gihon, and Gihon, from what I understand, this is the Nile. They believe that this is the Egyptian Nile, and uh, there is some etymology there that I, I don't understand, but let's do this. Verse 15, then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate it and tend it. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may freely eat, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for on the day that you eat from it you will certainly die. So this is happening in the garden. There is no mention of the woman, correct? And why is that? She's not been made yet. That's right. Then the Lord God said, go, Andy? It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Remember, God is saying this in the Garden of Eden. So what is the Garden of Eden exactly? This is a very unique place, according to some, and it is unique because God plants it, and he also gives man work. What? Go ahead. I see your brain working. You know the possibility of why he didn't create her from the dust of the ground? Okay, why? Because there was none. There was none what? No dust of the ground. Why? Because he used it all for Adam? It was vegetation. I don't know, man. It has to, vegetation has to grow in dirt. There yeah. would be dirt. But the dirt, the, it wouldn't be. I get, I get I it. If there's a I could be difference wrong. between dust and well, soil. Right? What, what he finer, created. Finer soil that flows well, in Well, whatever air. he created. A lot of the dust in your house is skin flakes. Oh, <laughs> gross. That's right. Absolutely that's true. The, yeah. Uh, it is. Yeah, very much so. Wow. Okay, Adam, sorry. What did you just say, Andy? A lot of the dust in your house Use is your dead skin like cells. skin and stuff wow. like that. Wow, yeah. interesting. Yeah. I must be shedding a lot at you home. Could, you, could probably, <laughs> you could probably add water to enough dust and grow something in it. There would be nutrients in that one, wouldn't they? I could create All my right, own diversion. Eve. Sorry, back to your thing. Create my own Eve? Yeah. Out of my dust? Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. I don't know. That was, I know, speculation tangent, but I, I'm curious as— there wasn't the same either the soil. There wasn't dust of the ground that he created Adam. It wasn't available then because all of the vegetation had taken over. Oh, I don't know. That's a thought. And he, he decided to do it from Adam. Yeah, I think it's a little bit deeper than that, bro. And I'm going to get to it here in a second. Go for it. All right. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. So what do you think he did, Andy? Uh. I'm trying to think of something funny, but I can't. Well, what's the you most rational answer, huh? You made Eve. Wrong. Oh. Verse 19, and out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field. Oh, that's right. And every bird of the sky and he brought He got them. a puppy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> exactly. He got a puppy. And, you know what I just realized? I, You know, people think I'm smug. I think it's because of the way I use my voice and the way that I do this. I'm, I'm technically really not a smug person, am I? Well, No. Okay, I'm just curious. Maybe the people that don't know you. I noticed that just Sarita like never answered, and neither did Andy. Yeah. <laughs> I just... was thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to measure my thoughts before I say them. Well, it, in, a, in a previous conversation— I generally don't, but I try to. Yeah. In a, in a previous conversation, we won't call you smug, but we may call you something else. <laughs> <laughs> I would never call you the something else. Yeah, so. that's not nice. And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every animal of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the livestock and to the birds of the sky and to every animal of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper suitable for him. Is, is that why some animals are so close to us? Is that God tried to create a helper from that for Adam? And that's where it says that none of them could meet it. I mean, what was the name of that chimpanzee that Michael Jackson had? 
Bubble, bubbles, bubble, something like that. Bubbles, 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 bubbles. bubbles. chimpanzee. Yeah. <laughs> and just so you know, Eddie Murphy went to go visit him, and he was like, "Stay away from that. <laughs> Stay away from Bubbles. He, I don't know what's wrong with him." <laughs> bubbles got very violent in his old age. <laughs> oh, they all do. No, that's just how they work. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. People that have them, and they don't need to be to in a cage, man. Point. Put them yeah. out there in the field. So, in essence, what's happening? Remember, this is about Garden of Eden. This is taking place in the Garden of Eden. So, it's getting packed. It is. Well, but it seems to be like this. I'll just say the word. It's prototypical. This is where the the origins of things are taking place. He's making these things and he's saying, now go be fruitful and multiply. Remember, he makes man and blesses man on day six, right? That's what it says. If we want to believe is Back to chapter one. Back to chapter one, on day six, it says the Lord God said, let us make man in our image. And then he creates male and female. And then he says he blesses them and says, be fruitful and multiply. Well, the same thing happens to his creation on those other days. He makes the animals and he says, like, let the waters teem with this. And then he makes the birds, he makes the animals and the livestock on day six. So we're actually following in this in this line from day three, four, five, and six. We're following this order, okay? So, it's in my opinion that while he's dealing with the loneliness of man, but also in the midst of his creation, that we're leading up to something very unique. And it's it's an idea that I hope everybody will follow with me on, okay? So, again, it says, the man gave names to all the livestock, this is verse 20 of chapter 2, and to the birds of the sky and to every animal of the field, but for Adam, there was not found a help suitable for him. So who we are again, even after all of this, there's still not someone so, suitable. Let me just put this in context. So, sure. So it's Christmas. Yes. <laughs> you have a child. Yes. You you just you slam that tree full of everything right? you could think of. Yes. Literally everything you could think of. And at the end of it all, the kids are like, man, not not really enough. Yeah. All right. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. a great great analogy, Andy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like she said, got a puppy. Like, look at you. You got so many dogs here. Because after 15 Which minutes, Which would satisfy my daughter. She would, would take all the puppies. She would. Yeah, she'll take puppies over people. She would not be alone. She really, would love I mean, the A lot of people are like that. I, you know, I have divided feelings uh, about that. I like people, but obviously I uh, like animals. Yeah. I think it's pretty clear. I like animals because they don't talk back. So the Lord God caused the deep sleep to don't follow. Don't they? <laughs> So the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon the man, and he slept. Then he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh at that place. I'd like to know that that's the first recorded use of surgical anesthetic. Exactly. And I would also like to tell you guys something that I learned that is a medical truth, a scientific truth. Can anybody name the only bone in the human body that completely regenerates? No. The rib. I'm sorry. The rib? Ask a question and wait for somebody Ribs? to answer what? it. He said, I don't know. Well, he's not the only person in here. <laughs> yeah, he's not all that matters. <laughs> yeah. So, the, you can regenerate a rib, any rib, or a particular rib? Your ribs. Are you kidding me? I'm not. How do I not know that? Look it up on Google. I'm, I'm going to have to. That's I thought to myself, fascinating. are we kidding here? Like, how in the world? Let's say that this was written by man thousands of years ago. That's a pretty good indicator that they were working on surgery. That's what I hear, buddy. Wow. They can re- it's the only the only bone in the human body 
that's actually able to regenerate. I don't know why, if it's coming from the spinal cord, how it's being fed. I have no clue, man. So I guess if, if you needed a, like a bone graph, they may go to one of your ribs first? I have no clue, man. I don't I know. Don't think they, they, they actually get bone marrow from your hip. I just, you know, I just read it. Well, was it out of the scientific journal? Guys, please just double check me. If I'm wrong, fine, go ahead. I just thought it was interesting. It makes no oh, difference to me oh, if Adam was left without a rib. I mean, we've talked about some very interesting material that's, woo. Again, it doesn't matter if I'm wrong. I'm just yeah. saying what I read, I don't, again, I don't know if it was like a certifiable scientific journal, but I do. I did read it and I was like, what? It doesn't matter to me if Adam's rib and grows back. I mean, he could have one less rib in this story. It makes no difference to me. But anyway. And the Lord God fashioned, verse 22, and the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib, uh, into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man. And brought her to the man. Then the man said, at last. Don't you like that song? Last. This my is bone love. of my bones. <laughs> Come along. Flesh of my flesh. She is, shall is be called. Is that Ella Fitzgerald? Ella Fitzgerald. Oh, gosh. She's so good. No. Is it? Yeah. Is it? I think so. Or is it Pearl Bailey? No. I think it's Ella. Etta James. Etta James. It's Etta James. Yeah, I knew it was me. All right. She shall be called woman because she was taken... Out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked, but they were not ashamed. All right, let's go back to Genesis chapter one for a minute. Go ahead. Can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead. Why would Adam say in this moment, supposedly, why would he would leave a father and mother when he don't have one? Do what now? In the context of verse 24. He doesn't. This is the author that's I, talking to you. Cool. The author's giving you, because of what Adam and Eve did, becoming one flesh, this is why a man should leave his father and mother and become one flesh with his wife. Cool. Right? Now, it's a prophecy. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. He prophetic right there. Oh, y'all. All right, so let's read, um, let's go back to chapter 1, verse 24, all right? So we could, or actually, if we go above, all of this stuff that's happening with the land animals on day six. And then God said, let the earth produce, verse 24. Then God said, let the earth produce living creatures according to their kind, livestock and crawling things and animals of the earth according to their kind. And it was so. God made the animals of the earth according to their kind and the livestock according to their kind and everything that crawls on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every crawling thing that crawls on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. Okay, now here's what I'm thinking. I do not believe that when he says, let us make man in our image, that he is describing the creation of the man. Okay? That is not what I believe. And here's why. Because Genesis 2 explains it. it if you read chapter 1 alone, it just feels natural that everything's happening on the sixth day. But the author of chapter 2, even if you say it's a different author, don't matter. You put it in my English Bible in chapter one and chapter two. I'm just reading my English language in order. 
it, the time text takes you back to day three and shows that the man was formed. He's dealing with his loneliness. He brings forth the creatures and lets Adam name them. And then he makes the woman. Okay? What is unique about the woman? If you think about it for a moment, it's the only thing that he says at last. Bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. When it says, let us make man in our image, what is, there, what is it that God can do that man could not at that stage? Create? Yes. So God is a creator. So what in essence is happening is that the animals could be fruitful and multiply. The, all of the things could go and make families for themselves. But the man could not. And so, by nature, the man would be eternally alone. Yep. And not he could be he he could not have a family. He could not create. He could not do anything for himself. He, nope. He had none of that ability within none. himself. So it's my estimation here is that let us make man in our image is in effect saying, let me make man into a creator like me. Let him take on my likeness, the creator God, the one that did the thing. Let him do the thing. Let's make that happen. So he does, and he specially creates this mate for him and makes them one flesh. He makes them the creator. The image of God is both male and female. It has to be. It has to be both. In order to have life and to create, you need both. Well, maybe not. <laughs> There's test tubes today, right? But you still need sperm and egg for Which anything that reproduces. Which nobody created. That's exactly right. No human created. It's just there. So, in other words, because I'm born with every, every, I am born with every egg I will ever produce from my ovaries, assuming they don't dry up in the next five years or so. Right. So, so man being able to be a creator. Now God has said, let us make this. He's already, in order to solve this problem, man, I'm assuming he's naked without shame. He has genitalia. He's got all of the things, but he has nothing to create with. So God says, let us make man like we are. Now, when he says we, we've always heard this is a Trinitarian. Let us make man in our image. So you can say he's either talking to the angelic host or he's talking it's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit saying, so we talk about body, soul, and spirit, right? We've, we've heard all these things. When he says, let us make man in our image, that word man is mankind. It is all of the things, all of the mankinds, right? So Adam can be, in its context, will be both. It will be uh, the man or it will be mankind, so mankind is a, it is the genesis of humans, the genesis of humankind and the ability to do that. So the author has put you back in the timing and shown you this, and it's very interesting because what he does is he, if the if the if the day three man hypothesis is correct, then that means the man was born before the sun, moon, and stars. And why does that matter to me so much? Who cares, right? Well, here's no, why. That's- Kind of interesting, but go on. Why would you put a man on the earth before the sun, moon, and stars? It doesn't make sense. Do your timetable. That's why they don't want to make it work, because man man can't be there before the sun, moon, and stars. Yes, he can. He can in a God book. He can if it's from a religious perspective or a faith perspective. Let's hear some decreation language for a second. Do you guys know what decreation language is? It's used in apocalyptic literature. I've read it many times in here. 
The sun will be darkened. The moon will lose its light. The stars will fall from the heavens. Right? All right. That is the creation language. Now, imagine the man being created on day three. He's made from the dust of the ground, not in Eden, not in the Garden of Eden. He's made from the dust of the ground in the general creation of the dry ground that just separated from the waters. Then he creates the boop, 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 sun, moon, and stars. Now, later in Genesis, remember, Joseph has the dream, and he says, I saw the sun, moon, and stars bow to me. The sun, moon, the sun and moon and 11 stars bow to me is what he actually says. Which what's going on with, with him is he's staying, and then Jacob gets angry. And he was like, will your mother and me and your brothers bow to you? So the sun, moon, and stars became a symbolic of Israel. That's throughout the Bible. That's what it's symbolic for. So in this initial state, what does God do? This is, you're going to, if you know our, our salvation story, you're going to love this. I, I, I'm telling you. On day three, God breathed into his nostrils and became, and gave him the breath of life and man became a living soul, correct? Correct? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, by that story, yes. How many days was Jesus in the ground? Was it three? It's 72 hours or yeah? Three. Yeah. Right? What happened to Jesus on day three? Was he given an everlasting soul? I suppose, right? He already had one. Well, he was in the ground. He was dead. Right? He had to die. There had to be death. It had to be death. So when he resurrected Christ, Christ was the first fruits of them that slept. He promises us eternal life. What did Adam have in the garden? In the Garden of Eden, there was a tree that he could eat of. So here's, let's go back to chapter, let's go to chapter three now. This is not speculative. This is just reading the Bible. All right, so, oh, I'm in chapter two. Let's go to chapter three. After Satan deceives the woman to eat of the fruit, and she gives to the man and he eats, they suddenly realize that they're naked, right? All right. So later on, he, God says, who told you that you were naked, right? And I keep telling everybody, this is not rhetorical. I don't see it as rhetorical, but it doesn't matter. See it however you want. God kicks him out of the garden, so in this Garden of Eden, this perfect place, this perfectly grown, cultivated land where he can have dominion over all things and be a creator like God and make family, which is why man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife so that that creator image will continue, which is the point. So at the end, God says, in verse 22, chapter 3, verse 22. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, just like Satan said that they would. And now he might reach out with his hand and take fruit also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out of the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove 
the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed the cherubim and the flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. Inside that tree of life is the ability for life eternal. We've talked about this so many times on this podcast. The Garden of Eden is a location where man could walk with God and live eternally. That's what it was. And his ability to live eternal was through that tree of life that he would eat from. That's what the Bible is telling you. So this is a special location, right? So man is driven out from there. Now he's going to decay and cease to live, right? Yep. Okay. Broke the rules. But what does Christ give us? Let's go to the very end of the Bible, all the way to the end. Let's go to Revelation 22. In verse, uh, in, in 22, verse 14, listen to what he says. This is, the, this is not in red, this is in white, but listen closely. He says, blessed are those who wash their robes so that they will have the right to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Now, is yours in white? Mine's in white. Mine's in red. <laughs> How many times have I told you guys that the reds aren't always there? Yes, mine is in white, but it's red. All right, so the whole point that I'm trying to make here I'm sorry. is that the garden of God is the place where you walk with God. It's the place where eternal life is. If you want to believe it's a physical location, you can, but I think you missed the point. And here is why. The author tells you that he plants a garden east in Eden. This is Assyria. This is the fertile lands where there's all these four rivers and all these things are growing so well. Then he plants, he plants that, like I said, he plants that garden east in Eden. And then when he gets done, he drives them out of the garden. And then he plants a cherub of angels with a flaming sword where? Do you have any idea? At the gate. On the eastern gate. On the eastern side of that, okay? Oh, that is interesting. You yeah. want me to read it? Let me so just read it for you. So we keep going east, basically. Always. Yeah. Always you go east. Every time, during the curse, it's always going east. But, this you might know this, from which direction does the Son of Man come from? The east. As the lightning comes from, from the, the east, east and goes the to the west, west, so shall be the coming of the Son of Man. What is he doing? He's reversing it. Yeah. He Everything yeah. that was cursed, every direction that it was going, the Son of Man, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, in every way, shape, or form, is reversing the curse. He's reversing everything, even the direction of things. He's pulling it all back. It's like He's, when Superman ran the wrong way exactly. around the earth. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah Lois Lane. That movie. That's a very, very cool point. To save a woman. And guess what yeah. happens? <laughs> guess what happens after Cain kills Abel? You know where he goes? East. The mirror dimension. He goes east. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Just keeping going with that. Oh, Wait. so you're, you were going with the Superman, and I started thinking about Bruce Lee and Enter the Dragon. <laughs> it was the Zod. Well, that too. But Zod, I was yeah, Zod, the mirror dimension. Yeah. 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 All right. Sorry. I'll stop with the Superman. That's exactly it. it, though. Yeah. That was really good. So, the Garden of Eden, it, it's it's talked about uniquely, okay? So, I'm going uh, I'm to take about five more minutes, so I'm going to close it up. But I want you to, go, if you guys will do your own homework— there's a place actually in the Old Testament where Isaiah, I think it's, no, it's Ezekiel. Ezekiel is telling the nation of Israel that 
Egypt is about to be destroyed, okay? And he says that Egypt is this massively powerful nation, right? And it just so happens that this is being, this, is, this happens 30 days before the destruction of Jerusalem by the Babylonians, but the Babylonians sack Egypt, okay? He says, the trees of Eden were even jealous of the trees of Assyria, yet this nation was more powerful than it. In other words, what God is telling you is that what God sees as perfect and what God has for us is not to be measured by the things that we see in the world that we live in. We can't see it. Can anybody find Eden today? We have guesses as to where it was, they say. But the point is, is that you cannot see it. And the Garden of Eden is a concept of a construct of a place where pleasure is, where happiness is, where goodness and, and growth and things are. And everything in the world after the fall was the exact opposite. So when Christ was raised from the dead, he's another day three prototype. He's the first of all of them. He is resurrected and he gives man eternal life. He was very God. He was always eternal. But the physical is what had to die. The physical had to be planted. That's why I believe that what a lot of this Bible is talking about is literally the enlightenment of humankind into the heavenlies. And Jesus teaches us that. If you want to read more, guys, just go out and uh, look up Garden of Eden and use your concordance. Just, just do a little bit of study. But fact check me on that. Yeah. And if you want to write me, don't be ugly. Please be nice. Don't be ugly. I mean, I'll, I'll still respond to you in a nice way, but why? Why be ugly? I mean, go. I'm just reading what it says. That's all I'm doing. Uh, soft yes on the rib regeneration. It's it, not like you could just cut a rib out uh-huh. because the uh, the sheathing needs to be maintained and and be able to work. Yes. So you can't just like chop a rib out because you would take the sheathing with it. But it's a soft yes. So soft why is yes. it soft? Because, because it can a little bit can. Because you can't just pull a rib out of a human; they're not going to grow it back. Okay, but can you cut off an edge of a human and then it? Uh, an edge of a rib and then it actually grow back a little bit. Is that what it's saying? No, I I don't. I don't know. Okay, so that's a little unclear. If you could like just the tip, the end of a rib, right. maybe. But it seems like the sheathing, any, if you just like sever and remove, the sheathing's going to be gone. Okay. Too. And where the sheathing isn't present, if I'm understanding this right, and if this, where the sheathing isn't in reasonably good order, the uh-huh. rib will not repair itself. But the fact that it can at all is, and, and it can. Unique to, to unique the bones to of the body, right? Yeah, unique to rib. It can regenerate. It's just. It's, there are under know, certain circumstances right. it can, and it happens to be the only bone that can. Is Absolutely. that right? Yes, that correct is still as well. cool though, right? There, but it is a yes. It's not like a, a yes. You'll just rip them out. You'll grow them back. It's not a yes like that. <laughs> you can't go right. put it in the thing yes. of water and wait for the roots to grow like <laughs> right. an avocado. But it is a yes. That's cool. Yep. Cool. Thank you for looking that up. Oh, Most, uh, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Most other bones, they used to have to. They have to support it with rods, screws. And and usually compound 
they use a compound to glue them back together. And I think with Andy, I, th- I think when you most people that break a rib, they don't support it with any of like that. They do like they do with other bones. Yeah. And the, I don't know if if after X rays you can see breaks like a broken rib, like you would see in a in a leg or an arm or a finger. Yeah. Um, that would be curious is if it if after a broken rib and it if it healed does it still show no the, do you see the healing the, do you see the heal the crack uh-huh. like you would on a normal bone or another bone I don't know don't know the answer to that okay so may I posit a differing view uh, maybe Bring yeah. it. absolutely Bring it. so you know I tell you sometimes I will go and pull up the Spanish Bible because I don't yes understand something or the language doesn't. So get another view, different. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Or is there a word? You know, like I can go look up the meaning of that word, and it's different. Okay, so I go back and I look at Genesis two in Spanish. Okay. So did anybody take foreign language? I did. I took German, French in high school. Couldn't, I think even I couldn't even swear at you. German think, and Spanish are close. I think. <laughs> I think even. Um, German, because I did have to take German in college. What a nightmare. Anyway, um, have the past perfect tense. Uh-huh. And we we have it. We don't use it all mm-hmm. that much. Um, but the translation is something that had already been done. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, so, for instance, if I said, I had children in English— what happened? Nothing. You're just super cash, like I like to get. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I had children. Well, you know, I didn't just had them two seconds ago. It, it's a good, the yeah. English version is. It, I had them long time ago. I had I, I had them. Um, so the the Bible, the Spanish Bible, and I'm using the Latin American version because uh, it's what most people over here speak. Um, and and the most, if you go to, uh, I've been to Nicaragua twice, Mexico twice. What they use? Okay, um, they use the past perfect meaning. So the part where you said he talks about creating Adam and then creating the shrubs. Uh-huh. The Spanish Bible uses the past perfect meaning. It had been done before that event. That's right. The shrubs were there. I mean, the before the, the man. Before She's the man. It, it, You're saying that the shrubs were already there before the man was made. That's correct. In this translation, now, who knows which translation is more accurate? But the Hebrew that's is, no. I mean, is that's called. Worth a it's note. called. Plu, Let's reread it in English again. It's called pluperfect. Okay. It's a tense of Hebrew. I don't. I'm not an expert. Well, let's reread in English because there is before because that's what he's saying. But maybe it's the tense. I, maybe I'm not understanding it correctly. Well, it, I think it sounds like they're different. Yeah. So it, it says like, might be a thing that doesn't express correctly in English, or maybe something's whatever. So I mean, what verse are you starting on? And I'll, I'll, I'll follow uh, along in Spanish. I'm in KJV. I'm, let me go to like NASB, and then I'll go back to KJV. If we you got to start at four. Four. So, yeah. Verse four yeah. says, "This is the account of the heavens." And the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made earth and heaven, now no shrub of the field was yet on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprouted. For the Lord God had not sent rain upon the earth, and there was no man to cultivate the ground, but a mist used to rise from the earth and the water the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground." So right here, you see how it says now no shrub of the no, field but keep was going yet? after that point. 
To the shrubs. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Yeah, I and mean, the man there it is what person. it is. Okay, so, so, uh, geez, that is, there's probably not a good, is there a good way to translate that Spanish version for us that we'd be able to grok? Can you do that? Cause it, yeah, like, because at first five, now is, no shrub of the field was yet on the earth. That is a before, that's a past. Like, it yeah. wasn't there yet. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's pretty clear. And, and, and Which the other would put one you on day three. Yeah, the other one might be two, but I think that's the interesting part. I think they might be. Because he's saying it was different. there before, but it can't what? be if it says there was not one. We need we need somebody that reads a, a much older language. I need somebody to, to get in, in here this. with Hebrew and say, Rick, yeah, right. you're misunderstanding how this is stated. Or, or maybe just the translation that we're used to is not all that great. I've read every you know? English version, and they're all, all like the same. They're all the same. Sure, sure. Like I, I can't. No, I, be, I, see, I, I, I went to Young's think, literal. I don't yes. think you've. Uh, I don't yes. think you've done anything wrong. I just think it's interesting that you know there might be the Spanish version might read a little bit differently, right? So, according to the for the listeners, it hopefully this is coming out after the introduction. We we talked about pseudepigraphical apocryphal writings. And the the color commentary, basically, the book of Jasher does not include a history count like chapter one that the Bible does. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have it. It has, I mean, I could read a little bit if we needed to, but the very first chapter of this book follows along, in essence, like chapter two. Yeah. Where it talks about that he created man, they breathed life into him, then he made Eve, and then placed him in the garden. So, but, the, fu- but Genesis two says that he placed him in the garden prior to Eve. So you, you're right. There's so much contextual, um, and even when you've you pointed out to anybody else, it's so overlooked somewhat because we put so much context in the first. You have to when it says man was made on day six. It just says it. Yes. I mean, and I get it. I believe well, that my it, entire life. It, it doesn't. It, it said he made them. I mean, we we just we sort of subjected. I think our own our own thoughts into that word because somebody told us that. Did you, did you find to, anything, Sharita? Just that the tense that we're using and the translation that we're using is not uh, not the same. So. I, I might have to go do a little bit more research on that. But and I, I, yeah, and help I'm, me out here because I look every time I tell I can't somebody believe this, that the Bible. Con- I mean, I'm just not. It's not contradicting itself. It, it but it kind of is. But it's not. In Genesis well, one, it says he was created on the sixth. No, that's day. not what it says. It said, "Let us make man in our image." It didn't say he created uh, man. Yeah, that's that's a little that's it's a different. little parsing. It is it's different, not, but, but it's it is not parsing. parsing. It's. He formed man from the dust of the ground is not parsing from making man into his image. Yeah, yeah, God okay. is not I mean, dirt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not. You're God not. is not dirt. God is not flesh and blood. So, so you're saying, yeah, he was he wasn't made on that day. All right. Yes. He, well, so in that context, the Adam that he created on the third day was it in the image of God up until the sixth day? No, because he couldn't create. Was he in his image in general? That's an interesting question that whatever he created Adam to be in the beginning was not in God's image until the sixth day. Is it possible? Obviously not. If if day six is when he said, let us make man in our image, not as that's nec- why a lot of people believe that it's Asherah that he's talking to. From the old, old language that there was a male and female God that he eventually kills, 
that's old, old, old. Not it's not in the Bible. I this is you. old, old, old language, and that they've eradicated the Asherah or Ashtaroth from the Bible. That he's actually talking to the female God mm-hmm. and says, "Let's let him make like us." Now, the Christian belief is that this is the Trinity that's talking to one another. Yes. Let us make man in our image, body, right. soul, and spirit. Right. But God does not have a body. No. Lots so of- now it's him talking to Adam. <laughs> yes. Right? Right. Let's make body, soul, and spirit. Yep. Right? That's so, yeah, of course. I don't, I don't see it as a contradiction whatsoever. It doesn't say, let us make man. It says, let us make man in our image, which is mankind. Let's make a creator being out of us. Let's, let's put things together to be able to where he can now be a creator like the other things that I've made, hey, which somebody, represents me. Somebody that's really cool with Hebrew, write in and tell us if you have any insight. Please on that. do. Yeah. Please write yeah. in. Yeah, you have something it. else, Sarita? I was just trying to read the, the chapter one in Spanish. Well, this has been fun, man. What you have some more thoughts? I do. <laughs> in the essence of the, we talked a little bit about this. Is that if eating of that tree of, of knowledge of good and evil was a, a, a part of a degradation of him? When they ate of that, it it, right. it started the death process in their bodies. Mm-hmm. Eating of the 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 tree of, of, of life would have corrected that. So what if God said, it, it, I'm thinking this now, is what if God said that fixing their body would have been easy to do that, to go eat of that tree, fi- to fix that. We'll heal that by you go eating that. But fixing the, the, the problem of knowledge of good and evil, I can't do that necessarily through the tree. I need to do that a different way. Well, I mean— that's kind of the idea that I've been shaking out a little bit was that the knowledge of good and evil, which was where we're heading in the Hebrew study. Remember, I said that that um, in my in my thought is that we have sin, but He's the propitiation for our sin. He's the advocate. Um, that his blood covers our sin. So when it says that he takes away the sin of the world, that in fact he does for those that trust in him, but for those who don't, the sin remains and will be destroyed in the lake of fire and will be burned up or whatever. So to me, um, the knowledge of good and evil tree, the second Adam, Jesus Christ, was necessary to cover that. So now you can live with God forever, maintaining that you have the sin nature in you, but Christ's blood covers you to the Father, would it would it be that sin is not plausible as it's an, something material? It's not item, pliable. Pliable. Yeah. I'm, I'm holding a phone here yeah. as, as an imagery. It's not pliable. It's not a structure. It's not a thing. But it's almost in Paul's writing when he talked about covetousness. It was the knowledge of knowing of something that created the sin. Mm-hmm. There's where the sin was at. It's in our the knowledge of things and mm-hmm. our understanding. Well, yeah, every sin is determined from the mind. It's not an act. It's all a knowledge it's that until knowledge. it goes into the physical. Absolutely. Yeah. Does anybody else have anything to add? Are we good? I think we came to the conclusion that there is no conclusion on this. <laughs> I don't know that I there mean, is. Some I think, things there aren't. Yeah. I think that it could be. Rick is correct. It could be that it's a mistranslation. It that's could be, where I'm at. It yes. could that's be, what I'm saying. It could. It just could be that. I mean, I don't. That's why I want a Hebrew scholar to say, no, no, Absolutely, no, Rick. Yeah. This is where this is where the English goes wrong. Let mm-hmm. me show you all of the English words that we could use. Can you to call show Steve Shermet back? <laughs> Uh, he, does he speak Hebrew? I don't know. I, he read the Tanakh, but I think it was in English. Okay. I'll find a Hebrew scholar, a scholar that could try to correct us. Because if I go and ask a Jew when was man-made, they'll probably say, on day six. 
and they've been they're the ones that wrote the book for over 6000 years right so <laughs> yeah. they probably would know really? not me but i would like to point out that in my english translation it right. certainly seems like it yeah, was day 3 yeah Anyway, well, Rick, Andy, yeah. Sarita, thanks for being Girl. here. This was so much fun. I wish I had a. Uh, I haven't had a Larry the Fifteenth Apostle joke in a long time. I need yes. some more. I need to write some. No, but I have one. Oh, I want to hear Not it. Not a Larry, but a joke. But a joke. Mm. All right, let's hear it. This one was told to me last night by my husband, and he's in Charleston with our daughter. And it was so bad he could hear my eyes roll through the phone. Oh. So he said, "Well, you know." When high school went, my friend had a car accident, and it was really, really bad. And he was laying there bleeding out, and we we knew he needed a blood transfusion, so we kept asking him, what is your blood type? What is your blood type? And he wouldn't tell us, and he wouldn't tell us. But dang it, he kept motivating us by saying, be positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be That's like positive. The old, do you remember the show Taxi? Yes. And this came in reference to ask my husband if I could give somebody a kidney. And he goes, excuse me, what? Yeah. He goes, you, you want to do what? I was like, I only need one. I mean, not at the end of my life. Right. So. Can't, don't kidneys regenerate? Or is that, no, that's no, the liver. No, that's the liver. That's the liver. So uh, do you remember Taxi? Did you ever watch Taxi? Only as a child, and I don't remember one word of it. Do you remember Jim, the guy that was in, like, he was, he was always drunk and talk like this, played by Christopher Lloyd, I think is. Yes. So anyway, yes. <laughs> they go up to him and he goes, what does a yellow light mean? And they go, slow down. He goes, what does a yellow light mean? <laughs> slow down. <sighs> Anyway, all right. Well, thanks everybody for listening. We will talk to you again next time on the Burrows of Berea. Peace out. Bye, y'all. Later. Hey, guys, this is Rick from the Burrows of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea. You'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys. Now the um now the names just totally the two people. The one that the one of the recent ones that Zach Davis did, and when he hit, did a response to um, Doug Wilson, yeah, Flavius, oh man, what Paul to send Timothy where Paul talks against the two Hymenaeus, yeah, Hymenaeus, Hymenaeus. Well, initially it's Hymenaeus and, and Alexander, yes, Alexander. and then it's Hymenaeus and Philetus, yeah. Well, I have you seen my questions that I sent to I sent one to Zach Davis. I actually commented to Bill Evans. He didn't respond. About? And I did the same thing to David Curtis during his service last Sunday. Well, how many of this I don't. again, it's one of them things. It just happens to me. I'm curious if they weren't entirely wrong. No, they well, weren't. It was just about the timing. See, that's the problem wait, with timing. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Again, from the... This is the context, okay? Okay. Everybody's thinking that they were wrong based on the timing that was going to be in four years. We don't have the full context of what they were talking about as far as the resurrection. But Matthew tells us that at, G- at the death of the cross, there was a resurrection that it happened. Was. Could they have been talking about the resurrection that happened at the cross? 
as their context of what they were referring to as the resurrection in the past. Because in all honesty, they at that moment, they weren't entirely wrong about a resurrection in the past to no, them. I've thought about that. And the answer, I agree with you. Number one, Paul is not, Hymenaeus had it wrong. Is Hymenaeus, this what we're talking about? No. Oh. Uh, Hymenaeus had it wrong because he was saying that was the final resurrection. He was referring to the first, but he was saying that was the final one. Is, is that that's in, the problem? Is with, that in Second Timothy? That's where Paul is talking about it. Yes, does he or in Corinthians, or it's either in Corinthians or Timothy. It's definitely well, First Timothy is when he talks about Hymenaeus and Alexander, and they say that the they were talking about the the rapture or not not the rapture. Sorry, the resurrection being in the past. Yes, and based on the context, and that's the questions I've asked. I'm not saying that they weren't wrong in in the full story because Paul rebukes them, and I'm believing that their story was wrong. It's just maybe their context was— They were saying that it was the final, that it was the done, that it was done. I haven't seen anywhere where they talk about it being the final. Well, that's that's what Paul's arguing, is that there are certain things that still hadn't happened, so they were actually conflating the story. Right in itself, but we don't—I say we. I see that when people talk about them— they refer nothing to like, hey, maybe they were a little bit right, but they were had their context wrong mm-hmm. to be supportive because you still have written documents or Matthew's writing of saying that there was a resurrection in the past mm-hmm. because they don't they never define it enough when they speak about it to say exactly what they were referring to, what made them so wrong. Yeah, <sighs> dude, me and you. We can just do this for days. I oh, know, sorry. <laughs> no, don't apologize. Sorry. We can just do this forever. Um, meanwhile, Andy and I are sitting here. Like, meanwhile, what are, are we you talking uh, about? You should see, like, whenever if if he comes to the house, Holly just goes to the back room because it's just like she usually does. <laughs> <laughs> are we rolling? 